Doing it live, you drunk bitch. <laughs> And welcome to Doctor Me. My name is Heather, and I'm Kathleen. And this week we are covering Misha and the Wolves. Oof. While not necessarily a crime doc, I'd, I'd say it's a moral crime documentary. I do feel like there was a crime committed here. <laughs> I wouldn't say the law, but I wouldn't say it's a war crime, but or a fashion crime, but <laughs> that eyeshadow. <laughs> Oof, boy! <laughs> a 1985 calls, and they want their blue eyeshadow back. This is a 2021 documentary film written and directed by Sam Hopkinson. The film premiered at the 2021 Sundance Film Festival on January 31st, 2021, which I didn't know they had. I figured COVID kind of would Yeah, I'm surprised. And on August 11th, 2021, it made its way to Netflix. And I'm glad for that. <laughs> I had no interest watching this until I saw, like... I actually so I was like sitting there and I was like what are we going to do because like you know we were like behind and we really needed to like you know get some recordings under our belt couple weeks yeah with that COVID and everything and so I was just like what what can we do and so I was like literally like looking through articles about like documentaries and this was one of them on there and I just remember texting you about it and I didn't even think we were gonna do it and then you were like raging about it and I was like oh shit we're doing this one okay we're doing this one and then I was just like all in so I'm gonna start off by apologizing for any mispronunciations it's a, it's a four in one for us <laughs> and you I've know. been drinking <laughs> and it's god it's already midnight uh in the late 1980s Misha DeFonseca is living in Massachusetts she presents to a congregation at a synagogue on Holocaust Memorial Day of her experience of the Holocaust. Which, oh boy. Oh boy. Her story is when she was seven years old. Her Jewish parents were arrested by the Nazis on September 23rd, 1941. And she was told they had been deported. She was placed in the care of a Catholic family named DeWall, where she was given a new name, Monique DeWall. So she's safe here, but the family hated her and called her worthless. So already I had problems with this story. Uh, So the family hates you and treats you bad, but they're just going to take you in. Yeah, like I feel like... They have no relation to you, but they're just going to... It was weird. I don't don't think it was like a forced thing, I feel like. Like, like why take the risk if she's a Jewish child? Yeah, like I feel like you could have been sent along to be deported just as easily yeah there's a grandfather of this foster family who is kind to her and tells her that her parents are in germany which is east so this leads her to run away to find her parents with only a few supplies and a compass which that does sound like something a stupid seven-year-old would do like i'm just i've I've had a seven-year-old europe to find my parents in the largest country in central europe and when i explain this to my 11 year old she's just like what the hell like you're You're in the middle of a fucking war yeah you're gonna just walk to germany and i'm like honestly i feel like that's some shit you would do you'd just be like looking at a map like oh it's not too far have you seen central europe it's gorgeous yeah, like, ah, it's an, it, it'll be an adventure. So she just hangs out in the woods and becomes Snow White, becoming 
best friends with the wildlife. That's where I was like, mm, <laughs> I don't think so. Well, well because you can't be friends with like wildlife because all we think about is that Travis the chimp ripping that woman's face oh, off. Oh god, that's fucking <laughs> barbaric. <laughs> I'm still, do you know, I was actually the other day, did I text you about it? I was like looking up like chimps who are like sneaking into like villages and like snatching children and eating them. And I was just like, why am I reading this? And then I got like down the rabbit hole of like, why do I know that monkey's name? Dude, Travis. And then there was the one where he had gone to live in the the preserve or whatever. And like the friends, I guess, were like jealous that they were throwing him a birthday party or something. And so they attacked and like ripped off the man's penis. (laughs) Just stay away from wildlife. I'm fucking horrified by chimpanzees now. Like they are my biggest fear because like, holy fucking shit, they're strong. You can't trust any animals. Like, pandas look all nice and don't rip your face off. Fuck yeah. Koalas will give you chlamydia. Isn't that what they have? I mean, syphilis I could get that easily on my own anyway. So. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I don't have chlamydia. Uh-huh. Or a koala. Also, yeah, I don't have a koala. If I did, though, I'd be charging what admission. Would you name it? I feel like I'd probably name it Kathy just because I feel like it's like. <laughs> And I don't mean that in like a conceited, like I'd name it after myself because I really don't. <laughs> with a K, right? That yeah, Kathy okay. with a K, like the song. <laughs> you had that locked and loaded. I was ready. I, dude, I could tell you what I would name pretty much any fucking animal if I was given it. Like, I am ready at the drop of a hat. <laughs> like, oh my god. I got chicken names. I got a cow name. Like, I'm fucking ready. I want all the animals. What would you name a donkey? Oh, totally like Bo. No, stupid Dominic. The Italian Christmas donkey. Oh, God. (laughs) Have you heard that song? I have. Yeehaw. (laughs) Yeehaw. Oh, my God. The Italian Christmas donkey. (laughs) La, la, la. So at some point she... Oh, wait, we had the Italians. That's bad to bring up right now. I forget about World War II. <coughs> at some point she is caught stealing from a farm and is chased off by the farmer when she runs into a female wolf. Lady Wolf decides Misha is cool and they decide to team up for some time. Eventually, they just walk parallel to each other. Like, just like whatever. Eventually they come upon a pack and become one big happy family. She's at the bottom of the pack, obviously. And she has to be submissive, but they still leave scraps for her to eat. So she's just surviving off of offal and bugs. Not the best representation of the food pyramid. And then eventually she has to stab a uh, rapist. Yeah, rapist Nazi soldier to death who attacked her. Like, just out of nowhere in this story. Like, she's, like, hanging out with wolves and then our rapist nazi comes out yeah she like saw him like rape a child or something and then and he like was I, coming towards her and it I just was... i'm like holy shit like you can make up a lot of things but like that's too far man <laughs> <laughs> and by the end she treks over 1900 miles through europe according to her she walked from belgium to ukraine takes a boat to italy and then goes back to belgium going through france absolutely insane and she's seven story. 
And I have a seven-year-old, or I've, you know, she's eight now, but, like, she's fucking helpless. Our 11-year-old couldn't even do anything. Fuck no. Like, there's no way. I don't even trust my 11-year-old to walk home from school. And I do, because it's just a straight shot. He's got a cell phone, so I could track him. Mine would find a way to fuck shit up. Like, if we're at the store and I'm like, oh, I forgot something. Can you go onto this aisle and get it? No, there's no way I would trust him to do that. No. No, I'm constantly, like, looking for her. (laughs) In the early 90s, Jane Daniel has a small publishing company, Mount Ivy Press. Not only does she hear Misha's story, she also hears cha-ching, cha-ching. So she asked Misha if she'll allow her to publish, publish her story. Misha says no for two years until she finally relents and agrees. And in April 1997, Misha, A Memoir of the Holocaust Years, is released, which was co-authored by Vera Lee, who was a friend of Jane. It sells 5,000 copies in the United States, but they managed to sell translation rights all over the world. At one point, Disney wanted to make a movie based on the story, but changed their minds due to legal difficulties. Just the next year, in 1998, Misha and Verily Lee brought a lawsuit against Jane alleging that she didn't market the book properly in the United States and then didn't pay them their share of the international royalties. In 2001, a jury, probably sympathetic to this woman who survived the Holocaust as a child, awards the two of them over $10 million, and a judge later increases the amount to over $32 million. Which is outrageous, because they only sold 5,000 copies in the U.S. Like With 22.5 going to Misha, along with the book rights, and $11 million to Vera Lee. Which doesn't make sense, because Misha's contract didn't include European print or film rights. And also, she basically, like... You know, she was supposed to go on Oprah and be a part of, like, Oprah's book club. Yeah. And she turned that down, which, like, that was what was going to open the, you know, the sales in the U.S. And, like, when she turned that down, there was no fucking money. Like, if you're not marketing your book, then what is there to sell? So, FYI, over 30,000 copies were sold in France and over 37,000 in Italy alone. French film rights were sold to French Jewish filmmaker Vera Belmont and Surviving with Wolves opened in Belgium in 2007, which seems a little late in the story when we get into the whole timeline of it, but I'm getting ahead of myself. This is when I get into the Oprah thing. Um, Ah, good. (laughs) We can't leave Oprah out. No. Anyway, did you expect Oprah to be part of the story at any point? I did not, but I also didn't expect your husband to bring up Oprah that one time, so. That's true. The Oprah show agrees to feature the book as part of Oprah's book club. Misha agrees to do some filming with some wolves. You get a book. You get a book. And according to Jody Sofran, a wolf wolf expert at Wolf Hollow, Misha fed a wolf named Petro cheese. Number one. I didn't even know that they ate cheese. Number one, wolves eat fucking cheese. (laughs) I feel like they'd be lactose intolerant. Number two, which was the most important. Why does the wolf expert have on a turtle necklace? What's up with that bullshit? I feel like she can rescue and be a sanctuary for all animals. No, but her, like, Chiron said wolf expert, and she's got a a turtle necklace. So I'm thinking there's another liar in this story. I think we need to find out more. (laughs) On Joni. Also, we should go to a wolf sanctuary. That would be so much fucking fun. 
did you not hear our whole conversation we had earlier? You don't fuck with wildlife? I'm going to stay away from the fucking fence. <laughs> I don't want to go into the enclosure. <laughs> so the Especially next... when we find out what happened with Misha. <laughs> the next part of the story, the audio doesn't match up. <laughs> They're playing sound of wolves, like, losing their fucking mind and attacking. Meanwhile, we're told the wolf like gently put Misha's head in its jaw for a minute and then let go. And they're all like holding their breath, like just but they're like playing what the fuck? sound of like <laughs> none of that is happening. <laughs> and then Misha howls, and it leads to all the wolves howling in response, which that makes for great fucking footage for Oprah. <laughs> All they have left to do is to fly to Chicago for the actual segments. And it's at this time the falling out with Jane starts because of the low book sales. Misha and her husband Maurice are struggling financially. So you would think going on Oprah would be this amazing opportunity to raise book sales. Yeah. Who the fuck doesn't want to go on Oprah? I want to go on Oprah. I don't have shit to talk about, but I want to be on Oprah. But Misha decides to back out and stop cooperating. She backed out of meeting Oprah. That's the biggest red flag. So after this is when the lawsuit shit goes down and Jane is basically labeled as this monster person who tried to take advantage of a Holocaust survivor. Which, like, that's fucked up, man. <laughs> like, you basically are a monster. So Jane decides to go through all her files. She says as sort of a post-mortem of, like, all this fallout. Uh, she finds some paperwork filled out by Misha and her date of birth where she was born, her mother's name, which Misha had stated she had no memory of. But yet all this stuff is filled out. And hadn't Jane never noticed any of this? Yeah, it just, it seemed kind of sus. Um, so Jane's starting to realize if Misha could have lied about something like this, what else could she have lied about? Which is weird because before the book was even published, there were experts who questioned the validity of the story. Like a seven-year-old trekking across. (laughs) So I feel like maybe Jane is like, her story might be false. So now that I'm screwed over by her, let me look through my documents to try and find proof as revenge. Instead of like, oh, I stumbled on this information. Yeah, like it just, it kind of seemed to seem suspect. my theory. I, I could see that. Like, you fuck me over, I'm gonna fuck you over. Yeah, you fuck me over. Some people have told me you probably lied about this. Let's. Yeah. So now Jane decides she's gonna start a blog chronicalizing her journey of uncovering the truth about Misha's story. Which I'm like, do people still do blogs? <laughs> like, is that a still a thing? I don't, well, I guess this was like, what, 2007, 2008? Um, and a genealogist named Sharon Sargent, awesome name, Love it. stumbles upon this random blog, which I guess happens, and decides to help out. She starts with creating a timeline based on photos of Misha from pictures she used in her book and discovers the photo of Misha where she claims she's seven. Which I immediately saw that and I was like, Okay, guys. Like, she's one of the books. She's like, here's a picture of me at seven, right when I was going to my foster family, and it's clearly a four year old, like maybe a three year old. But I like, I like how she's like, 
seven? I, that doesn't look like a seven-year-old no. to me. It's like, it doesn't take a fucking genius. Like, someone who doesn't even know anything about kids would look at that picture and be like, that's not a seven-year-old. No. <laughs> it's like, that's oh a my kid God. who still occasionally is shitting in their pants. Yes. <laughs> fucking, like, first year, or like, first or second grader, like, no. Yeah, there's, yeah, no. So, already she's lying about her age because clearly a four-year-old it's not a seven-year-old the photo of her foster grandfather who was supposedly this hard-working farmer is a picture of this dude with clean looking hands and he's dressed to the nines which is the opposite of what a farmer would look like yeah so then she starts comparing the different books and discovers the name used in the french edition is different from the american edition the french name being val and the english de wall the lengths these women go through to like uncover the truth is yeah. insane. Well, and I could I could see like the name being different in one version versus another. Like that isn't as suspicious to me, except for the it's fact that like it, the wall, it's not that different. Yeah, like it didn't seem that shocking to me that part. But then I guess like later on when they discover like why she would have changed it, it made sense. Yes. But like I mean, the different versions of Harry Potter, like shit's different. Like. It's not the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, like, just, <laughs> like, th- shit like that, like, it's, like, so stupid. Like, do you really had to change it? Like, But I feel like if this is an autobiography, though, like, your last name would stay the same. Yeah, I just, I don't know. So Jane tells us at this point she's struggling with how to deal with this. She doesn't want to accuse Misha of lying because... Holy shit! Jane is wrong, <laughs> and she's basically attacking again a holocaust, a holocaust survivor. survivor like woof boy who went through this horrible terrible upbringing sharon the genealogist has a hookup in belgium with a holocaust survivor who happened to grow up in the same area misha claims to have grown up in and decides to get in touch with her eveline handel grew up not knowing what happened to her parents until she was about 40 and decided to do some research which oh god fyi they both passed away at auschwitz her story is like let's make a movie about her (laughs) yeah no i i agree like her her childhood she has a story about visiting auschwitz and not knowing where to live a gif like as a memorial to her parents yeah she had like a fuck she also kind of had like the same story as misha surviving through the holocaust so she's a great choice to be like is this woman lying yeah so she was actually one of the hidden children yeah uh, so, Eveline searches through the city directories during the 30s and 40s to see if she can find any, any evidence of a family with either name, and Val is nowhere in the phone books, but a shit ton of DeWalls. Didn't they say it was, like, over 200 or something? It was a lot. So, they realized the French edition might have been released, or they realized the French edition would have been released in Belgium. So now they're wondering, did she change the name? Because then nobody in Belgium would be able to recognize her story. It's fishy. So the next step is Misha says she can't remember her original surname, but she does remember her parents' name, Reuven and Jerusha. So now all they need to do is look over Nazi records of deportation and try to find these two people being deported around the same time. Surprise, they can't find anything that matches. And then I learned something new. Apparently there was a list of hidden children. 
That was genius. Obviously, I knew there were hidden children, but not that there was like an actual well, list. Well, it, 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 it's amazing. Like, it would make sense that they would keep records because they'd want to know where the children were after all of this was yeah. over with. Which, I mean, sadly, like, a lot of them, you know, didn't have families to go home to. But, and the idea that they kept, like, extensive lists. Yeah, so they had all the information split between four books that are scattered. So you couldn't find out all the information, like the child's name, like the real name, the foster parents, the birth parents, unless you had all, all four, four books. books. Because they didn't want the Nazis to be able to like, find so the books clever. and get the children. Yeah. So Evelyn looks through these books to find Misha's parents and again can find no information or even a Misha or DeWall. So once again, a dead end. I wonder if Misha had any idea any of this was going on behind the scenes. I can't imagine that she would have. Because she's still like giving speeches and an art show in her honor. Yeah, like the... Like giving television interviews where she's sobbing, telling the story. It's so dark. So now they're thinking, well, maybe she's not Jewish. And if she's not Jewish, then she'd likely be Catholic. So Eveline starts visiting churches in Misha's hometown of Etterbeek to look for... God, I can't say this word. Baptismal. Baptismal records. The first two churches, nothing. The last church burnt down, but they kept records in a separate building. Which... (laughs) Cha-chang. And it's there that they finally find someone who matches Misha's birth date, we share a birthday, and her mother's name. That someone, Monica Ernest, oh my god, Ernestina Josephine Duvall. Who is a Catholic? (laughs) Yeah, so her name isn't even Misha. She's definitely not Jewish. And she lied about her parents' name. Her dad is Roberti and her mother is Josephine. So in English, the names would be Monique, Robert, and Josephine. But it's all not absolute proof because they used to take the names of dead children and give them to Jewish children as another way of hiding them. Yes. This isn't going to stop Evelyn. She heads over to the school Misha mentioned attending in her book. Can we take a pause to talk about how like much of a beast this woman is? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like her <laughs> investigative like holy shit that the fortitude of this woman just yeah. like oof like it's amazing how it's like well this isn't here well we can look in this place and figure out this thing and oh yeah like a lot Looking of people wouldn't these even books think. just for like two names next to each other <laughs> it's like insane going through the school records just oh it's amazing it's so crazy she finds proof that during the time when Misha was supposedly wandering through the woods trying to find her parents, Monique was registered at school. And attending. Yeah. So you can't go to school during the day and then go trudging through Europe at night with wolves. And I love that everyone is kind of upset about the whole story, but more so her lying about being Jewish. That's a pretty big <laughs> lie. Like... So while these women are working together to figure out these huge lies, that Surviving with Wolves movie comes out, and Misha's doing these bullshit interviews with tears in her eyes, saying the young actress actress portrayed her well, and it brought back all these memories of everything she went through. Like, I was getting so mad. It's just, it's disgusting. To be making all this money and getting fame off of lying about suffering through the Holocaust, 
it was at this point when I was like texting you about that woman who faked being there at 9-11 and which oh was just as gross yeah she said she was on 9-11 when the plane hit the building she was in one of the buildings she lost her husband which is just like fucking disgusting because like she didn't even know the man became a founding member of the world trade center survivors network and she wasn't even in the u.s on september 11th she was like in barcelona or something don't get me started on that i was like maybe we'll cover that the woman who wasn't there like we feel like being angry again (laughs) i could go i it's still fresh in my mind i just watched it (laughs) There's just some things you don't lie about. No. You don't lie about being in the Holocaust. You don't lie about 9-11. No. (laughs) Especially when you consider that, like, you literally could have done all the amazing things that you did and not have to pretend that you were in, like, everyone experienced 9-11 in their own way. Like, everyone was just, like, affected by it, you know, obviously whether you were, like, in I, it or knew someone in it or were just watching it on tv i will never forget that even mtv was showing news footage of the towers yeah it was a big deal for everyone and it's just the idea that like she had to like put herself like front stage and center yeah. like just like ugh. ugh. <laughs> so jane has all this information and proof she goes back to her blog and publishes it and by the next day, the media has not only picked up the story, they're running with it. And boy, are they. <laughs> <laughs> this Belgian journalist named Mark Met Dep- Oh, my God. Mark Met Depen... God, what is his name? Met Depeningen? Mark Met Depeningen. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Mark, with a weird last name. <laughs> Mark Met Depeningen. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's a long name. There's... A lot of ins. There's four ins in this name. He gets involved and tracks down Misha's aunt, Emma. Emma clearly doesn't have time for Misha's bullshit. No. Almost like she was used to dealing with her lying. She gives the scoop on the real story. Her father, Robert, is very patriotic. And once Belgium becomes occupied, her father joins the resistance. He would recruit recruit fighters, gather weapons, give over information to the Belgian government who was hiding out in London. So, like, hardcore spy shit. Yeah, he was, you know, he was trying to do his part, but he wasn't really down low about it. Yeah, unfortunately, Robert's discovered because he's quite proud. (laughs) Just, like, (laughs) tells everybody. And um, so it was kind of weird the timeline we're given he's discovered and then at one point they say he and his wife and 41 other fighters are arrested and sent to a prison in cologne where he's tortured and then eventually he and his wife were sent away to camps but then they also said because he gave up information they arrested so i wasn't sure when yeah so the way it made it seem was that like he was found out like him and his wife and he was tortured while in this like prison in Cologne and he gave up like all of his like co-conspirators while he was being tortured and in exchange for the information he just asked that he see his daughter one last time and that his wife be safe and instead they were like deported yeah you can't trust Nazis FYI yeah Um, which duh (laughs) yeah they're sent away to camps 
According to Nazi records, Robert was executed on May 3rd or 4th, 1944, and Josephine died sometime between February 1st and December 31st, 1945. Pretty big gap. Sometime in the year 1945. Misha was first sent to her grandfather and then to her uncle, where, as her aunt says, she's referred to as the trainer's daughter because her father, of course, gave up information during his torture. Which is pretty fucked up. I feel sympathetic towards her in that regard because, like, she's lost her parents with the Holocaust and now she's being, like, shunned by people because her father, you know, is essentially a traitor. But, like, who wouldn't? Like, it just brings to mind the whole... Put yourself in the same group of, like, kids at, like, concentration camps and shit. No, well, and, I mean, she did... You're still going to school. Yeah, she's still going to school. She did lose her parents to, you know... I'm not saying... (laughs) Like, she had a great time growing up, but... No, exactly. Like, she definitely experienced the horrors of the Holocaust, but not to the extent that the Jewish children would have. And it's gross that she would, like, you know, appropriate that, that experience or whatever. You know, it was shitty that they were, like, calling her those things when she had no part in that. And, like, fuck, like... Show me one person that's being tortured that's not like, I will tell you everything. Yes. You don't. You just have to tell me that you're going to pull off my fingernails. And I'm like, <laughs> I will fucking, like, I will suck your dick and tell you all the secrets. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Like, let's do this. Like, that is fucking horrific. <laughs> the town eventually had a plaque dedicated to the resistance fighters and had Robert's name on it. But his name was later erased because everyone thought he was a Nazi sympathizer. Which is fucking sad that's so horrible yeah like that the man was tortured barbaric like i can't see him being proud of being a resistant fighter and then just one day switching sides yeah just and dying for it <laughs> for no reason like it's not like he like went on to live this cushy life no. like he died he was fucking executed in a prison <laughs> like clearly he was trying yeah it just made me feel complicate com- uh, made me feel conflicted to just like erase him um pretty soon after all this is released misha releases a statement on february 29 2008 acknowledging her book was fiction her real name was monique DeWall. her parents were catholic not jewish and she didn't leave her home during the war to find her parents in her statement she attempts to defend the hoax claiming that the story of misha is quote not actual reality, but was my reality, my way of surviving. And that there were moments when she, quote, found it difficult to defi- dif- differentiate differentiate between what was real and was what was part of my imagination. Which is insane. I can see a child making up this, like, fantastical, like, world where, like, no, obviously, the, like, your parents are, like, Jewish in the Holocaust or whatever, but the, like, she's like trekking to find them, How and do she's you not know like, if "You really hung out with wolves or not?" I mean, sometimes I have a dream that my husband's cheating on me, and I wake up pissed off. <laughs> like, I can imagine stabbing a rapist Nazi, but to just live in this world where, oh yeah, I hung out with wolves. We all have big dreams, Heather. We all have big <laughs> dreams. I just, I mean, I can sympathize with, like, the idea that as a child she was, like, escaping reality and just imagining, you know, this other 
situation or whatever where she wasn't the traitor's daughter and you know her parents were victims and not you know I, I don't know I don't I I feel pity for her but the fact that it wasn't until the 90s when she was like yeah I can sell this story make some money you're old enough at that point oh like, no you absolutely have to know what you're doing is... yeah no she's <sighs> She's a bad, bad person for what she did. But I just can't help but feel sorry for her, too. But to make the money off of it is when it's like, come on. They interview one of the people who had told Jane, hey, the story doesn't seem true. Don't publish a book, which we've already discussed. So to be told by a professor of Holocaust history that the story doesn't make sense and to publish it anyway just shows the greed involved. Oh, yeah. Like, there, I mean, just the idea that this child was living among wolves, like, no. <laughs> like, you have, to, you have to completely suspend this, like. The fact that she'd go from this country and this country and this country during the middle of a war and not be discovered. In the middle of winter. Child. Winter. Like, trekking. Like, my kid can't even fucking fix her lunch. <laughs> and this kid's, like living among wolves in the woods like please i know that like people were different in the 40s like they were a lot more like self-sufficient and shit like that but like cut me some slack like so it makes more sense that when she loses the lawsuit suddenly she gets the idea to look into misha's past because she's already been told like this story can't be real yeah so she's like oh well let's make this not happen anymore. oh i'm not getting any money out of this okay then yeah let's wrap it up uh she knows the story wasn't true, wanted revenge, and at least get the lawsuit overturned. But Jane still says in this that she was also tricked by Misha's story, which doesn't make sense. I want to know why she was going around in, like, a synagogue telling this story. That's where it's Look, so dark. What were you on, doing in a I synagogue? That's why I to make sure that she's in a synagogue on, like, Holocaust Memorial Day telling the story. You're not even Jewish. <laughs> she doesn't even go here. Yeah, like, <laughs> like what? I'm also like on Jane. Like you were told the story doesn't sound plausible from experts, and yet somehow you were tricked into publishing it. <sighs> At the very least, she's a great storyteller and actress. But yeah, she she's a terrible person. Evelyn is the only person I care about in this story. And she had a great quote about Misha. She's both a victim and a villain. Which, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Misha didn't exactly have the best childhood and yet had to lie and make it sound even worse. It's hard to have any sympathy. There's just some things we've all agreed on as a society you don't lie about. Yeah, just... And if she had just published this as fiction, it's a great story. It really is, yeah. I mean, and there's there's a lot of fiction around the holocaust like you don't have to like like it was sad enough you don't have to like make a pretend (laughs) sad story like a lot of really awful things happened you don't have to like have a fictional awful thing say like yeah my parents were murdered by nazis i was with these people that didn't really care that much about me so this is how i imagined what i was going through and still an interesting story yeah 
totally would have hit the same. In the end, the judgment against Jane was partially overturned. No idea what the new amount was. Uh, we still don't know Misha's like real story because almost everyone from the past is dead. She's not really willing to talk about it, so that's just where we are at this point. And this wasn't the only book that was a false Holocaust autobiography. I'm not surprised. <laughs> I know one of them they figured out like right before it went to publishing. I think that was The Painted Bird by Jersey Kozinski. There's also Angel at the Fence by Herman Rosenblatt. I think that was kind of like where they couple met between the fence and then fell in love. And then once they got out, they got married. I think I've heard of that one. Yeah, it's not true. Uh, Fragments by Benjamin Wilkormirsky. And Hannah from Dachau to the Olympics and Beyond by Rosemarie Pence. Why? Like, you really... Just, what the fuck? Why? <laughs> That's bad. I just... I think another one was on Oprah's book list, too. One of these. I don't remember which one it was. I know there was another, like... And then there was that one guy who lied about his drug addiction. All that was also on Oprah's book. Oprah's gotta look into this shit. <laughs> she just... She cannot... She's busy. She's a really busy woman. She cannot vet all of them. She's got the money to pay people to vet this stuff. Wasn't there one where, like, the guy was, like, lying about child abuse? What was that one? I don't remember. It was a long time ago. Anyway, just think we as... Lie all you want, but don't try to get money off of it. Don't lie about the Holocaust of 9-11. Yeah, just, I think, like, morally, there are some things that you don't insert yourself into. And those are the two, like, honestly, like, any kind of, like, acts of war or, like. Shit we learn about in history class. If it's in a history textbook. (laughs) Yeah. It's just gross. Especially now. The internet. It's like the 9-11 one. I'm like, how did you get away with that for even a week? I'm amazed by that one. Like, I don't understand. She was, like, naming this man that she was supposedly married to, and, like, she had never even met him. How did she, she get away with that? in the country. That I don't get. The company she said she worked for wasn't even in the towers. <laughs> Like, no one did any kind of research. (laughs) At all. Like, I guess that, like, you want to believe people when they say something, like, horrible to you. But, like, holy fuck. I just, I don't know. But also, like, I don't believe anyone anymore. (laughs) Everyone's a damn dirty liar. But it it was a good documentary. Like, I definitely... If only for like the the woman who was like actually you know oh god she was telling great. her story of her actual experience as a hidden child, which I mean I think that there's a lot of like very interesting information out there about the Holocaust without getting into the lies. Yeah. <laughs> so so let us all learn from our mistakes. <laughs> Stay away from wolves. Don't trust Nazis. Can wolves eat cheese? Can wolves eat cheese? Let's go feed some wolves some cheese. <laughs> I just want to see what we'll that's like. We'll just find out. Well, let's find out. 
Science. I wonder. I wonder what kind of cheese they like. Ooh, Gouda. Are they basic bitches? Do they just like cheddar? <laughs> cheese sticks. Well, <laughs> mm. craft singles. <laughs> They're not monsters. Can we just like throw a can of cheese at them? Just cheese whiz. <laughs> what was that thing where parents are like throwing craft cheese slices on their kids' faces? Oh, yeah. oh my god, my kid loves cheese whiz. So I'll get his crackers, put them on his tray, get the cheese whiz. While I'm spraying it, he like leans forward with his <laughs> mouth, trying to like get it in his mouth. I'm like, dude. Don't pretend you like, don't just I squeeze don't the cheese feel whiz. Good giving him like cheese whiz, and he's just like, ah, we don't need the middleman of the cracker. Just pour it in my mouth. No, I mean it's it's basically you know, the cracker's just like the delivery system. Just spray that shit. It's like the biggest food group. It's like the top of the pyramid. It's so gross. Just squeeze that shit in there. <sighs> anyway, Heather needs to go to sleep. Yeah, let's get out of here. Sure, I'll wake up in five hours for the cheese monster. Cheese? My man need my cheese whiz. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back next week for cheese whiz. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk to Me. The opening music is by Twisterium. For comments or suggestions, we can be reached by email at doctomepod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at doctomepod and find a link to our Facebook group in the show notes. Thank you.